always tell parents that there are plenty of, of abnormal things that young kids, babies and toddlers will do. But there's far, far more normal things that babies and toddlers do that are just weird looking and make people worry. That's child neurologist, Dr. Michael Zimbrick. And he's talking about something that's familiar to anyone who has ever seen a child. Babies make some pretty strange movements. Some of them are alarming to us as adults. And that's because if an adult moved the way a baby moved, it would be a sign of a neurologic disease. Imagine if the friend you were having lunch with randomly shuddered or threw out their arms and, and they got excited. Babies do movements like this all the time. Some kid movements are so strange that parents are worried their child is having a seizure. And sometimes it can be difficult for even doctors to tell the difference. One of the most difficult cases I saw was a three-week-old baby who was sitting in her car seat in the back of the car. Her mother was sitting with her and the baby drifted off to sleep when suddenly the baby jerked one arm, then she jerked the other arm, and she continued to have these weird movements, so her parents diverted and went straight to an emergency room. They were way out in the country, and they went to a small community hospital. The mother had taken a video of these movements, and the doctors were so concerned when they saw the movements that the child was admitted to the hospital for observation. They stayed in the hospital for two days, and everything looked just fine. I saw her a few days later in my clinic, and when the parents showed me the video, I knew exactly what those movements were. The clues that this was not a seizure are that she was asleep and the arms weren't moving together. They were not moving rhythmically. I wasn't worried about this kid at all. Babies' nervous systems are not wired like an adult's, and understanding how their nervous system develops is our key to figuring out when something is wrong or is just normal. I'm going to talk to Dr. Michael Zimbrick, Clinical Professor of Neurosciences and Pediatrics at UC San Diego and Rady Children's Hospital, and we're going to find out why kids have such strange movements and how you can tell if it's a seizure or just a normal baby thing. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. This three-week-old with her quick limb movements fooled several doctors into thinking she was having seizures. And many babies have this condition, but so too do older kids and adults. I asked Dr. Zimbrick what he thought of this case. Well, it's conceivable that it was seizure, but I'll tell you the much more likely explanation is something called benign sleep myoclonus of infancy, right? So that, that wonderful word benign uh, should be reassuring. And sleep myoclonus simply means muscle jerks. Myo is muscle, clonus is jerk of infancy. And it's something that just about everybody at every age does to some degree. Everybody listening can probably remember a time when they were falling asleep and had a quick jump that startled them awake. Hey, infants do that too, and they do it more. Uh, their nervous systems are still developing. The way that they'll move and sleep sometimes is a bit more dramatic than older kids and adults. The things that really help us distinguish it from seizure are the fact that it usually the infant's eyes remain closed. It's not the same every time. It'll it, They may see it repetitively as the child's drifting off to sleep, but it doesn't tend to be the same thing every time like you'd expect with a seizure. And it's pretty brief. If you were to watch an older kid, you know, a toddler or a younger child, 
have their sleep myoclonus, usually it's a single jerk of an extremity. And then 30 seconds to a minute later, you might see another jerk of another extremity. And that's all normal stuff as people are drifting off to sleep. Dr. Zimbrick makes several important points here. First, that babies' nervous systems are still developing. And second, that older kids and adults still have remnants of some of these movements because these neurologic pathways can re-emerge outside of infancy under certain circumstances. Watching the way babies move and develop gives us insight into our own adult physiology. Doctors don't know exactly what causes benign sleep myoclonus. We do know that these movements are related to the fact that babies' nerves do not conduct information to the muscles very efficiently. Muscles get their information from nerves from the brain, and that signal is not yet set. The nerves in their body are not going to conduct signals well until the nerves are coated with a substance called myelin. Myelin is a mixture of proteins that surround nerve fibers and is electrically insulating, just like the plastic sheath on an electric cord. Until the nerves are coated with myelin, the muscles sometimes take over and move without conscious control, and that's what we think causes myoclonus and that jitteriness you can see in babies. You may have noticed sometimes that a kid's chin will just shake, and that's an example of jitteriness. Another example of this is that reflex that you see when a baby startles. This is a movement that we only see in babies. It's one of what we call primitive reflexes. Primitive reflexes are involuntary muscle movements that come straight from the brainstem. They appear after birth and they help us with survival. These reflexes should be gone by six months of age. Most parents have seen their newborn infant or an infant of a couple months of age have a startle reflex where their arms go out and shake. And sometimes it's because there's been a loud noise in the environment. Sometimes it's because somebody's picked them up or moved them. Sometimes it's just because they had a gas bubble, right? And in their tummy and that startled them a little bit as they slept. And so their arms might extend and shake a little bit. I also find that really cute, but I also have a couple of kids of my own and have seen many babies do it. So I find it reassuring and a normal, natural, natural thing. Other examples of primitive reflexes are sucking, rooting, and snout. Sucking is important for coordinating breathing with swallowing, and this reflex occurs when you put an object like a pacifier in a baby's mouth, and they'll suck on it. Adults are not going to reflexively suck on something. They're more likely to chew on it. This reflex first appears, surprisingly, at 14 weeks of pregnancy. The snout reflex is when a baby's lips pucker when you put pressure on their upper lip. And the rooting reflex happens if you just gently stroke the baby's cheek. They'll turn toward that side and they'll open their mouth. That reflex appears around 32 weeks of pregnancy and it'll be gone by one or two months after birth. This reflex helps babies to feed in those first few weeks. There's also a grasping reflex, which is when you put a finger in a baby's hand and they'll grab it. And there's a stepping reflex. If you push on their foot, they'll actually take a step. And there are lots of others. These primitive reflexes are necessary for newborns to survive. They need to be able to eat and cling to their mothers. And if any of them aren't present, if any of these reflexes don't exist in the baby, it can actually be a sign of nervous system disease. These reflexes can appear again in an adult if they have brain damage, and that would be very worrisome. But in a baby, it's something that pediatricians actually will test to make sure that the baby's limbs and nervous system are all working properly. This process of insulating the nerves, which is called myelination, is a slow process that really isn't complete until adolescence, which partly explains why kids move so differently, and they can be less coordinated even late into elementary school. 
I like to think of it like your child is a car who's just come out of the factory. All the parts are there, but none of them are connected yet. So first you might put some gas in the tank and you'll connect the gas pedal. And so this baby can go, but there aren't any brakes and the steering wheel isn't connected. So next you connect the brakes and you put in some brake fluid and kids are going to get a lot more control. They can stop and they can start, but it's not until they get their steering wheel connected that they can really control where they're going. And their nervous system is just like this. Once most of these parts are in place and myelination has started, even when their myoclonus and jitteriness is gone, kids are still not very coordinated. And this is due to the immaturity of the connection between our motor cortex in our brain, which controls our movements, and other areas of the brain. The brainstem was acting on its own to signal those cute baby reflexes, but now it gets connected to other parts of the brain that let us choose when we want to move, and they smooth out our movements. The motor system is set up in this kind of complicated way. Your motor cortex is up in the surface of your brain. Cortex literally means bark or outer covering. And when we plan our movements, when we think about what we want to do, our motor cortex and our supplementary motor area in the cortex are working together to plan out the movement. But those signals get modified and changed and sent down to the muscles and on the way they go through the brain stem and the extrapyramidal movement system, which smooths and coordinates and up or down regulates different movements. And so when your motor cortex is a young infant and your central nervous system isn't completely developed, your brainstem has a lot of control over, over different movements that you might do as a baby. And they're quite, quite irregular. Your, your brainstem ain't nearly as smart as your brain, that's for sure. Oh my God, this might sound nerdy, but ever since I learned about the extra pyramidal nervous system, I've just really appreciated that I have one. It's the thing that makes me be able to dance. It smooths out your moves, you know? Young kids' movements are still very much governed by their brainstem. And this process of myelination continues to progress through all the areas of the brain. By around about three to four months of age, kids have a lot more control of their bodies during their awake time. So I think parents expect babies to also be a lot more subtle during sleep, but the sleep phases also have to mature. And at this age, after about four months, it's when I hear parents tell me that their child might be having a seizure during their sleep. Because we all know that you shouldn't move when you're sleeping. And if you are, there's something wrong. Even in the most benign cases, parents at least worry that their child isn't sleeping well because they're so restless. Again, this has to do with lack of nervous system maturity. But here, it's more a matter of control in the brain. Kids do move a bit more in sleep, usually than adults do. And I think that can, that can reflect that, you know, as they're in the early stages of the night when parents are often still awake, they go into and out of deep sleep. And during deep sleep, your body is not usually completely paralyzed in the same way that it is during REM sleep. REM sleep is the stage of sleep in which we do most of our dreaming. And Thankfully, during REM sleep, if our brains and nervous systems are functioning normally, our brain stem actually turns off motor signals from our motor cortex, except for our breathing muscles. If it didn't do that, we'd all be acting out our dreams. But that's not the case in deep sleep, which kids usually have in the first third of the night. And so you may see more movements during that first third of the night when parents still tend to be up and awake and hearing kids move or maybe seeing them move if they're sharing a room with them. Kids usually spend the early part of the night in deep sleep. 
which sounds like it should be a restful stage of sleep, but it's a stage of sleep when your muscles are not paralyzed. So kids can move around a lot while they're asleep. been sleeping through the night a lot more consistently, but we've been watching the nanny cam as he's beginning to fall asleep. And he does this thing that looked a little alarming where he would shake his head in a no motion back and forth kind of rapidly. And it was, you know, kind of scary to watch that at first because it's kind of aggressive and um, we've never seen him do that before, but we were hoping that maybe it was normal. So we weren't really sure. And we had to ask Dr. Hunter. I hear this description from parents really often. A lot of parents describe that their kids are rubbing their head back and forth on the mattress or kicking their legs pretty violently as they're falling asleep. This may sound familiar to you and you didn't think a whole lot about it. One mom told me, she said this, he'll be sitting in his high chair and all of a sudden he'll start shaking his head back and forth. It only lasts for a little while, but I'm worried about brain damage. Similarly, I've had mothers of babies the same age tell me that they'd taught their child to shake their head back and forth to say no, or that the baby was suddenly becoming really negative and would refuse food by shaking his head. Babies around six to nine months of age don't have any idea what no is. They'll learn soon enough, you can be sure of that, but all they're doing now is a little recreational head shaking. Shaking of the head is so common because of myelination, but here it illustrates how insulating the nerves progresses through the body. Myelination begins first in the center part of the body, so the upper chest and abdomen, and then begins to extend outward down the arms and legs. So first, babies will be able to control their shoulders and then later their elbows. Then they figure out they have arms and hands, and at that point, they can bend their arms and put their hands in their mouth. But it's not until later that they figure out how to use their fingers. First, they'll be able to grab things with their palms. Then they can use all of their fingers. And later, they'll be able to grab things with just their thumb and first finger. After a few months, the baby can control their head and neck so they can lift it up and look around. Once they're able to sit and hold their head up, they will finally discover that they have control of their head and they can move it around back and forth. Soon after this, they'll discover that shaking their head feels funny and it's a pretty neat thing to do. These movements of the head can be startling and some of the more interesting cases end up in the neurologist's office. Here's a great story I heard from Dr. Zimbrick. Over the years, I know I've seen probably a half dozen kids who've also done uh, behavior that we, we summarize or we call pillowing, which is essentially where they will they'll lie on their stomachs and they'll repetitively pick their head up and drop it on the pillow over and over and over again. And they do this as they're drifting off to sleep. And some parents are quite convinced that they still do it as they're asleep. Those things, the head rolling, the back and forth, and there can be different movements of the body. It's often the head, though. It falls into a category called sleep-related rhythmical movements or movement disorders. It's not so much a disorder because it doesn't really tend to cause impairment. It doesn't really require any treatment. It's just another one of those unusual things kids do. So that's, that's what she saw on the monitor. Sleep-related rhythmical disorders. You may see babies do all kinds of strange things simply because they discovered something new and fun they can do. I imagine if you suddenly found out you had a tail or wings that you would test them out too and you'd look pretty awkward doing it. One of my favorite patient stories was when parents brought their 10-month-old to the ER because she was sticking out her tongue and they thought it was cute at first, but then they became worried that it might be a seizure. 
I asked the parents when they first noticed this movement and they said they had been at a family party the night before. The baby was sitting in her high chair at the head of the table and she stuck her tongue out and all the family members laughed and thought it was cute. So she kept sticking her tongue out all night long and the parents really didn't worry about it until the next day when she got up, she was still sticking her tongue out all day and that's when they brought her to the emergency room. I saw her sticking her tongue out while I was examining her and I I honestly thought she just figured out she could use her tongue. I asked Dr. Zimbrick what he thought. Kids can learn awfully young what will get a reaction out of people, right? I think we've all hung around with, you know, little babies and they learn, hey, if I drop my toy on the floor, mommy and daddy both get up and go for it. And then they give it back to me. So they learn really young that their actions, their utterances, everything that they do, almost everything will get a reaction out of a parent. I think that's what what uh, you learn sooner or later. And, and sometimes when you get those little bits of information from parents, it really clicks on for you as a, as a doctor. And you say, ah, now I know what's happening. It's really fun to get inside a kid's head and try to think the way that they would. The context of when a movement happens or when it first started is another really important clue to determining if something is not a seizure. As this kid taught me, if you really want to drive yourself crazy, overreact to one of their behaviors and they'll do it even more. This principle applies to all of parenting. Praise the behaviors you want to see and ignore the things that you don't like them doing. I've seen babies scrunch up their face and parents thought the kid maybe had a brain tumor or a headache. And I had a nine-month-old who had a fake cough and the parents were worried she had asthma. One final abnormal movement that we often see in a little bit older kids is shuddering. These brief episodes look like a little bit of a rapid tremor or shake of the head, shoulders, or trunk, and they look like a shiver from a chill. The kid might be stiff or they might raise their arms with a shake. And if they're sitting down, the child might lean in one direction or even fall over. They might stare or appear to be unaware of their surroundings, but they'll really quickly come back to what they were doing. And some adults might even have brief shuddering episodes. The typical benign shuddering attack Again, it's a, a category of, of normal movements that make parents and caregivers wonder and worry. But the usual story is, is it's, a, it's an older infant, maybe you know seven, eight months and up to a toddler. It usually is noticed most often when they're sitting in their high chair, often when they're eating something. And it might be as they're watching something across the room, or it might be as they're tasting something. And it's just a quick shudder of the head back and forth, really quick left to right lateral movement, sometimes a little tightening of the teeth or the jaw as if they've just had a shiver. It really does look like a shudder or a shiver. And uh, sometimes there there is a bit of a surprised expression on the face, or at least that's the way it looks. And it's, uh, you know, a second or two or less, and it's over with. There's no impairment of awareness. People wonder, is that some type of seizure? But The left and right head movement, you virtually never see that with any type of actual epileptic seizure. You might see unilateral head jerking, but you don't see this left to right thing. But boy, I see I see lots of babies here. They're just they just got a spoonful of something. Often it's something sweet or something sour, and they do that little shudder or shiver. And I just I just I kind of find it really cute. It's so amazing that these movements can look so strange, but when you know it's part of normal baby physiology, we can find it reassuring that the baby's nervous system is developing normally. And then we can find it, frankly, cute. 
There's a huge range of different movements that are unique to a baby's age, but you can reassure yourself that something is not a seizure if the child's consciousness is not impaired. So in a true seizure, the child will be somnolent, sleepy, or unresponsive generally for about 20 minutes after the episode. Seizure movements will be rhythmic, not the typical random jerky movements that you might see in babies. And any stiffening in a seizure will be just to one side. So if a kid moves their head back and forth across the middle of their body, those are not seizure movements. Of course, anytime you're concerned, you should see your child's physician, and it's always helpful to bring a video of the movement episode. There is, of course, a role for electroencephalograms or EEG testing. And to hear more from Dr. Zimbrick about EEGs, go to the show notes at drwendyhunter.com. Thank you to Dr. Zimbrick for his wise perspective, calm reassurance, and his vast experience with odd kid movements. You'll hear more from him on autism and tics in future episodes. So keep listening. For more from the pediatrician next door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.